the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Is WWTC Minneapolis St. Paul FM 107.5 K298CO Minneapolis fueled by Lucky Station With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. Hurricane Dorian is bearing down on the Bahamas as a fierce Category 4 storm, and it's been getting stronger. We are now up to 150 miles an hour on the winds and slowing down a little bit, too. We're moving west at 8 miles an hour. That is National Hurricane Center Director Ken Graham, who says that the storm is likely to curve up along the coast rather than make a direct hit. Still in Miami... Shell Lumber and Hardware Sergio Bonilla says customers are buying all they need to prepare their home. Batteries, fan, uh, lamps. Uh, we have sold some generators. We do know we sold 10 already this morning. The storm is expected to hit the northwestern part of the Bahamas tomorrow. Experts say it could dump as much as four feet of rain in some places. Dorian expected to dance up along the southeast coastline in coming days probably staying just offshore in Florida and skirting the coast of Georgia as well. This is SRN News. Dennis Prager explains what the left is doing to America. The left has removed God from American life. The left is removing liberty wherever possible. And e pluribus unum, out of many one, they consider that to be white nationalism. We had it too good, and for people to find meaning in life, they have opted to destroy. The Dennis Prager Show, weekdays at 11 on AM 1280, The Patriot. Intelligent Radio. AM twelve eighty, the Patriot Intelligent Radio. Just past one o'clock, which means one thing: it's time to make talk radio great again. However, Mitch is out on assignment, but don't worry, Bob Davis is filling in for Mitch today. So expect a stellar program. Here's your Twin Cities forecast, brought to you by Great Plains Windows and Doors. Isolated showers, overcast. High of 70 tonight, mostly cloudy, low of 59. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Great to be back in Minnesota today. Political analysis of the good, the bad, and the outright crazy. Now, here's your headline act, Mitch Bird. All right, good morning. Or afternoon. It's morning for me. I don't get up till 4 o'clock, so this is, uh, this is early. 1 o'clock in the afternoon, Bob Davis, for my friend Mitch Berg. Uh, this afternoon, or this morning, whatever. It doesn't matter what time it is, because I'm in a room which has no windows, so we don't know what time it is. But uh, anyway, it is the end of summer. And oddly enough, every time we have uh, summer and fall, we also have hurricanes. And you'd think that a hurricane had never occurred before. I find the coverage of these hurricanes to be utterly fascinating. Uh, Not that I watch it or care about it, but the predictions are just unbelievable. But at the end of the summer, Labor Day weekend uh, in Minnesota, people doing whatever they do. Is the state fair still on? I guess it is. (laughs) I haven't gone to a state fair in a long time, and I don't think I ever will. I often talk about that. 
Uh, in fact, I just did a podcast about uh, uh, about the state fair and uh, how the first time that I went out there, I was working for another station in town, and uh, I was like an intern, kind of, and went out there and ended up working like ten hours a day at the uh, ten hours a day state fair for ten days. And you do that two or three years in a row and you never want to go to the state fair again. <laughs> but it was great. Anyway, people are doing their thing, heading to the lake, taking the dock in. I don't know why they're listening to the radio, but maybe you are. Uh, doing things that we do here in the upper Midwest when seasons change. And we're on that. And it just – it's so amazing to me. We have three holidays in the summer. We have uh, – it all starts out – in a madhouse rush for summer Memorial Day, obviously the 4th of July, the best holiday in, in the world. Better than Christmas, better than Thanksgiving. Uh, 4th of July is the best holiday. And then because you don't have any worries or concerns, you just uh, you're just enjoying uh, summer. And then, of course, this holiday, Labor Day, in which we celebrate. Are we celebrating labor? Are we celebrating the labor movement today? <laughs> no, I think most people are just taking the dock in and going up to the lake for one last time and closing up the lake and everything else. So it is a bittersweet departure of uh, of summer. And the older I get, the harder it gets because I hate to see summer go. Love summer. Don't wear shoes all summer. It's the first time I've had shoes on for quite a long time. And uh, it's just uh, it's hard to see it go anyway. So this show is going to be a little different. Usually I have like stacks of uh, information and a more complete plan. This time I thought uh, I'm going to do stream of consciousness stuff more or less. So I have some notes but not a lot of specifics. So I want to introduce myself. If you don't know who I am, I'm just going to tell you that I'm a podcaster. I introduced myself as a podcaster many years on radio. Radio's obviously my first love, but podcasting is a unique medium uh, – because if you're a podcaster, you own your platform and you can do and say whatever you want and you don't have any breaks and you don't have to go anywhere to do it. Uh, I do it in my basement and uh, <laughs> that sounds weird. But the studio is in the basement. We call it the broadcast bunker, obviously. And it's a it's a very interesting and unique medium and rapidly developing in contrast to cable uh, TV news, which many people watch. Uh, and talk radio, which which uh, has probably, and this is going to sound harsh. It doesn't. It's not meant to be harsh because there's obvious. I could talk for three hours about the reasons for why this is true. But talk radio, in terms of what it is, has not changed since the 1990s. Truthfully, cable TV news really hasn't changed since the late 1990s. Um, where you, what you have are people advocating for points of view and telling people how to think and what to think. And why they should think what the guy says on the radio or on cable TV news you're supposed to think. And people think that's news. You know, you get a, a newscast at the top of the hour, which consisted, as, as far as I can tell, of one story, which was the hurricane. <laughs> that was an entire newscast of one story, which is the hurricane, and people are buying generators. Uh, that's what passes for news in America today. And the rest of it is opinionating. So you have... Uh, advocates, you have partisans advocating for a point of view. And I want to talk about that today, probably more than not, uh, because I think it's probably the biggest problem in terms of poisoning the discourse, so to speak, that uh, that we have. And I do a lot of podcasts about that at bobdavispodcast.com. 
I I have uh, it's very interesting because you know you kind of take a journey when you are doing podcasting. You kind of take a little journey into yourself, and one of the things that I think is is has it, that I have actually arrived at uh, as a podcaster is that uh, we have to look for outcomes rather than tell people what to think. So when I say you, I'm talking about myself as well. Uh, I just hate to say we, uh, so often I say you. <laughs> but that means we, uh, we have to start figuring out what the contours of an issue are ourselves because we are literally buffeted. You speak about a hurricane. Uh, you know, we are literally buffeted by these um, – paid advocates, and often we don't know who's paying them, who are cajoling us and yelling at us and pounding and pushing us in a particular direction when we don't know what the outcome is going to be. And there's a million, million examples every day. Obviously, the latest is the predictions of recession based on the quote-unquote yield curve and how many people listening really understand what the yield curve is and which yield curve you're supposed to use as a predictor of recession and how long the yield curve has to be inverted for it to actually be a prediction of recession. And the reason, why do we have all these predictions? This is a perfect example. Why do we have all these predictions of recession? We have all these predictions of recession because the storyline up to this point has been the economy is booming. Everywhere I go, people tell me, oh, but only if they're on one side of the political spectrum. So the Fox News watchers, the economy is booming. The CNN watchers, the Russians are behind all of this. So it's completely different. There's two different worlds and two different interpretations of things. Uh, the economy is booming. Well, what, how do you determine the economy is booming? Because unemployment is this or now it's the consumer uh, confidence numbers. And those are not – You know, they're certainly going to go into the mix if you want to predict certain uh, GDP performances. But the fact is that uh, the the outcome is, in fact, the GDP number. It isn't unemployment. And by the way, anybody who knows anything about any of this knows that there are uh, several different categories of unemployment. Unemployment is calculated, or employment, I should say, is calculated by simply a survey. So certain numbers of people are selected to be in a survey, and they're asked a series of questions about their employment. And if you work on a farm or you work for somebody a very small number of hours, you are considered employed. So you have to look at these different levels of employment. So I think it's U6 or U3. I can't remember one of them. The the 3.7% number is the one everyone hears. But when you consider all of the factors, unemployment is about 7%. So if I came up to you and said, the economy's doing great. Employment is at 7%. What would you say? You'd say, oh, uh, 7%. That's, that's pretty high. You know, and also that number, that unemployment number, and I don't want to get too far off, off track here, but this is just an example of how confusing things are. Uh, that unemployment number is, uh, of course, not the same unemployment number that they reported in 2004 or in 1998 or any of those periods of times because they've changed the characteristics of unemployment over the years. So when I say unemployment is at 7%, is the economy still doing well? So the reality is if you look at GDP numbers, the United States economy is 
shallow growth. It's 2% roughly. And the two strongest segments of the Trump administration were something like 4.6% and a 3.6% at one point. And if you actually wanted to compare it to Obama, which really upsets people from certain perspectives, is he had two uh, periods of growth that were his highest was something like 5.6 or 5.2% and 4 point something percent. So we still haven't equaled that. So is the economy booming? Was it booming under Obama? No, we had shallow growth during Obama. We actually had pretty shallow growth during the Bush administration. The last time we really had economic growth was during Clinton and Reagan. Uh, so we, we do not have dynamic economic growth in the United States. We have shallow growth. But, to, but the storyline has been the economy is booming. And if you've ever lived in a, through a booming economy, and many people haven't that are alive today, you would know what a booming economy was. So if, if, if you'd lived through that, you'd understand the difference between dynamic economic growth above 4% and economic growth at about 2%, which is if you consider inflation at 1.5% or 2%, I, I say it this way, that our GDP growth is at, uh, at the inflation line, which is basically we're treading water. And I've been, we've been treading water for years. On top of that, if you look at the numbers themselves, you'll see that government spending is a large percentage of the GDP. So if you want to goose the GDP numbers, then you just spend more money. And we are doing that. We continue to do that. And here's another thing you tell people. We are spending enormous amounts of money in the budget. The budget is something like $4 trillion. And we're adding to the national debt, which is close to $23 trillion every year at a very high rate. And the, the certain people on certain ends of the political spectrum will immediately tell you, make excuses for why that is. Why can't it just be what it is? And the reason is all of this advocacy, all of this telling people what to think and why, as opposed to looking for the information, finding the information, learning what the information means, understanding the changes that have taken place in uh, assembling these statistics without having to watch a show or listen to someone like me who simply looked it up to tell you what it says. You should be able to figure that out yourself. And so... What we have is a population entirely dependent on opinion. And if you look at any of these aggregator sites where they, uh, they aggregate information, real clear politics, real car markets, uh, et cetera, it's one editorial after another which predicts the future. So-and-so is going to win by a landslide. So-and-so is going to lose by a landslide. Jerry's wrong when he says this because you know consumer, you know, consumer confidence is at such and such, therefore – and so the storyline was the economy was booming. Are you surprised that suddenly there's a new storyline that says we're going to have a recession? Are we going to have a recession? Couldn't tell you. Had, wouldn't have any idea. You know, I wouldn't be qualified to tell you whether we're going to have a recession. And there are very few people that are. There are people, and I will tell you this, if I were to say to you, there's going to be a recession, I would be absolutely correct. Sooner or later, there will be a recession. And so if, if anyone on the street the guy collecting money on the corner at Lake Street in Hennepin, standing in the middle of the lane. If he were to say, give me a dollar and I'll give you an economic prediction and said there's going to be a recession, he would be absolutely right. But that doesn't help because you would want to know when the recession will occur. And more importantly, what the reaction of the government, which is so involved in everything today, 
will be to deal with that recession. That's more important than the recession itself. But because the president goes around telling everyone the economy is booming, which is not true, and all the Republicans go around telling everybody the economy is booming, which is not true, and I don't care what you say, because you'll say, well, my neighbor, he runs a business and he's doing great. There's a hundred reasons why anecdotal data is not applicable to the general economy. Um, but the storyline has been for the benefit of uh, the the what used to be the ruling political party until the Democrats won Congress was we've done a great job. The economy's booming. It isn't. If it was booming, there would be no argument. But because people go out and they advocate for that, there's a converse storyline, which is suddenly we're going to have a recession and nobody really knows. It's like saying the hurricane's going to hit Miami. The hurricane was supposed to hit Miami this weekend. And uh, now it looks like it's going to go up the coast, right? We we play the game to find out who wins. So, you know, uh, that's what we're kind of be talking about a little bit because – and it will be stream of consciousness because I don't have a plan. All right. This is Bob Davis for Mitch Berg, the North American – what is it? The Northern Alliance Radio Network. That's right. I get a little confused from time to time. All right. Back shortly. I'm not an actor. I was not compensated in any way for this. Byron bought a timeshare. After 12 years of endless fees and broken promises, he wanted out. I saw an ad about a company that talked about being able to get you out of your contract, and they would sell your timeshare. They ripped me off. I found out later on that the market for timeshares is non-existent. So he turned to Wesley Financial Group. They had a very good Better Business Bureau rating, and after reading all the testimonials, I felt like I wanted to give them a chance. Wesley Financial Group got Byron out of his timeshare contract legally. If you are like me and you would like to get out of this contract, I strongly urge you to get a hold of Wesley Financial Group. They are honest and good people, and I just want to thank them from the bottom of my heart. For your free information kit, call 800-349-8877. 800-349-8877. Again, 800-349-8877. I was looking at one of those closets from California, and then I remembered I live in Minnesota. I have parkas and snow boots. Heck, I have hockey gear. I need storage solutions that fit my stuff, not some beach babe stuff. Closet Storage Concepts of Minneapolis designed the perfect closet for me with custom touches like soft closed drawers that other places charge extra for. That's just Minnesota nice. They also gave me the plans and quoted me one all-inclusive price. No surprises. I'm Norwegian. We hate surprises. Visit closetandstorageconcepts.com. We can't take every last willing worker in the world who wants to work here for a dollar an hour. We have to have limits. It's a night of no-holds-barred commentary with conservative spitfire Michelle Malkin. And that just tells you how twisted the priorities of Capitol Hill are, that they think it is more important to protect 700,000 illegal aliens in this country rather than get rid of these stupid programs that are endangering American lives. Be a part of this exercise in free speech. Tuesday, September 24th at the Ames Center in Burnsville. Tickets start at just $12.80. There's also a limited number of elite VIP upgrades that will put you in the front row with a copy of Michelle's brand new book, Open Borders, Inc. 
Did we mention that VIPs also get meet and greet access? AM 1280, The Patriot presents An Evening with Michelle Malkin. Reserve your seats at am1280thepatriot.com. Does your home have a room upstairs that won't cool or a room in the back of the house that just won't heat? How about rooms that are abnormally dusty? These could all be symptoms of duct leakage. At Blue Ox Heating and Air, we have a process called AeroSeal that allows us to fix your duct work from the inside and help solve these unwanted issues within your home. Blue Ox Heating and Air, legendary service, install and repair. We'll fix anything with legendary care. We're back. Bob Davis for Mitch Berg today on the Northern Alliance Radio Network here at the Patriot. Good to be here. So, uh, yeah, I'm not suggesting that we're having a recession now. I'm just saying that it is what it is, right? And one of the chief problems in terms of discourse is uh, social media, particularly Facebook and Twitter. And Facebook and Twitter in particular is the reason I don't take calls when I do radio. Because the reality is nobody looks at content. They just want to comment and say something usually pretty silly. So they look at a three-line post somebody writes, and I'll tell you, if you don't know, when people post things on social media, if they know what they're doing, the title or the uh, the headline of the uh, post is designed to you know, maximize uh, search engines. So – when you comment on a title, you're not – you've got to look at the content. People don't want to look at the content. So what's happened is the comments and everything else essentially poison the discourse. I can't tell you how many friends I have that say, you know, my brother-in-law defriended me on Facebook because uh, I said something about something. So it's this extremely emotional situation. And again, you see the same thing with media. You see people screaming and yelling, and, and uh, there's a level of emotion that's there to create a sense of urgency or to activate somebody's emotions. And that begins the process of, of poisoning the discourse. And so, you know, if you want to learn more what I'm talking about, you know, just visit the Bob Davis podcast page. And I just did a podcast about this in preparation for this show, podcast 858, where, uh, I talked about these efforts to control this. So these people are saying things like, well, we can't have these these social media companies and search engine companies uh, controlling speech. And Google doesn't like Trump, therefore. And it's like if you think that Google doesn't like Trump, use Bing, use some other search engine. You don't need to use Google. Uh, there's competition in the industry, but that doesn't stop them from talking about, oh, well, you know, we've got to pass a law. And this is conservatives. This is what I think is amusing is people, so-called conservatives, they want a law passed, which would be a violation of the First Amendment. But see, it's OK to violate the First Amendment when it's for your purposes, which is one of the problems that we have here. The other thing is we're going to attempt to control social media companies with um, antitrust regulations. And I'm always amused by that because if you go back and look at the history of antitrust, one of the most famous cases was the Standard Oil uh, Company of Ohio. And they were all upset because John D. Rockefeller made too much money and he was a rapacious capitalist and blah, 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 blah. So they decided we're going to break up you know, the Standard Oil Company of Ohio and solve this problem. And 
it's a fact that he made far more money once he was a minority or majority stock owner in all of the subsidiaries that were created by, quote unquote, breaking up his company. So if you break up Facebook, if you break up, I don't know how you would break up Facebook. To me, Facebook could go away tomorrow and it wouldn't make any difference to me. But if you broke up Facebook, what would you break it up to? You know, How do you break up a search engine? So what will happen is you'll just make all those people richer and they will have even more impact because they'll be multiplied. Um, until people get tired of the discourse and try to figure out how to start cooperating, especially on uh, on social media and on political issues, we're not going to get anywhere because what we're going to have is people screaming and yelling and telling you what you're supposed to think. And so this is like – the most important thing for me these days when I talk about politics is to wait until there is an outcome and then there's something to talk about. Right now, everybody's talking about what's going to happen in an election that uh, in political terms is a lifetime away. So we're going to have an election next year and uh, our friends down in uh, Iowa have pushed their primary as far as they can push it. And so you've got 170 Democrat candidates, uh, just as you had in 2016 with the Republicans. You have 170 uh, Democrat candidates running around, uh, you know, Iowa, breaking into diners and <laughs> church luncheons, trying to coerce Democrats into voting for them because it's supposedly the most important primary in the country. And yet, most of the time, the guy who wins the Iowa primary does not become president. But but we are told this is the most important thing there is. And in Iowa, and I've often talked about this because I've covered the primaries down there or whatever they call them now, the caucuses. Um, and you go down there and, and it's literally political tourism. It's the same people at 8 o'clock in the morning for candidate A that show up as the uh, people that show up at 12 p.m. for candidate B in a place like Davenport or wherever. And then I just went down there and interviewed some farmers. And uh, I I tried to find farmers off the, well off the beaten path. So this was well northwest of Des Moines. And I asked these guys, you know, has, uh, has any uh, politician knocked on your door? They're all over the state of Iowa. I mean, they drive right through there on their way to this, that, or the other thing. And they said, oh, oh no, no, they've never knocked on our door. And they pretty much stay down in Des Moines. So the whole thing is kind of centered around Des Moines, unless they go to Cedar Rapids or out in the western part of the state, uh, some other town out there. You know, what is it? Council Bluffs. And we are being told, based on pure speculation, what's going to happen. You know, Trump's going to have a problem getting elected. Or, on the other hand, if you're Newt Gingrich, he's going to win by a landslide. Nobody knows. They don't know whether he's going to win. They don't know what's going to happen. There could be a million things that happen between now and then that will influence the voter who wakes up about a week before the election and makes a decision. And everybody listening to this radio station, because they're political people, knows this. And yet we still get sucked into this emotional activation of what's going to happen. We're going to tell you what's going to happen. My son went down to uh, Florida for a get-together Thursday, and, you know, I called him and said, what's going on down there? And he said, I don't know, I just landed in Orlando, and, you know, that's it. There's there's nothing going on. 
Meanwhile, they've declared an emergency and people are running out to buy these generators and everything else not to pick on Florida. And I suppose there's nothing wrong with being ready in case of an emergency. But you paid top, top, top dollar for that generator if you waited until the last minute to buy the generator. You should have one anyway, right? And uh, and the, the hurricane's probably not going to hit there, or it is. I don't, I don't know. Same thing with the economy. Same thing with predicting the outcome of elections. It It steals the thunder. And it also intercedes on your process as an as a voter and as a citizen in terms of being able to think about why would you vote for somebody? What are they doing? What do you expect them to do? And we focus too much on the presidency instead of on the guy who is representing you in Congress or really even better in your state legislature. And most people have no idea who even their congressman is, let alone – the poor guy who's the insurance salesman who is the state legislator. And they're the guys, city councils and state legislatures and planning commissions, these are the people that make the decisions that are most significant for most people because they're the ones that put the shopping center across the street from your house. They're the ones that put the bike trails in. They're the ones that put the light rail in. They're the ones that do these things that everyone gets upset about. And then what do they talk about? Who's going to win the presidency and who says who's going to win the presidency? So we're focused on these things that they tell us we're supposed to focus on. And then there's a whole list of things for why we're supposed to think this, that or the other thing. And when you talk to people, A, we don't know how to find information. When was the last time you were in a library? Don't answer that because if you're old, you probably were in the library last week. But most people do not go to the library. They don't know how to use a library if they had to. Uh, so what do they do? They use search engines and then they complain about the search engines because they don't know how to search. Even if you know what you're doing, trying to find uh, the right thing in a search engine can take a little bit of work. So um, I talk about this stuff a lot and I talk about trying to figure out what outcomes are waypoints in time that uh, that we can use to really kind of figure out what's going on. And uh, if you're interested in more of information about that, Listen to uh, the Bob Davis Podcast at thebobdavispodcast.com. All right, we're going to break from the news, obviously, and we'll be back. Something you need to know about Pete and Seth Talbot, the father-son owners. They're on a mission to help as many people as possible to get out of pain. They've been a consistent sponsor of this show. In radio, sponsors come and go. They, they may even stay for a year or so. And then they're gone. Not so with Relief Factor. Pete and Seth are consistent year after year. Why? Because tens of thousands of people are now taking Relief Factor every day for their back and neck pain, shoulder pain, hip pain, knee pain, etc., and now they're in less or no pain at all. That's the truth. I'd like you to try it. Three-week quick start is just $19.95. In three weeks, you'll know if it works. How's that? Is that a great thing or what? Cancel if it doesn't work. Otherwise, it's the best nineteen ninety-five you will have spent. That's the quick start. ReliefFactor.com. Message and data rates may apply. Please don't text while driving. If you've been in business more than 20 minutes, you've probably printed your logo on all kinds of promotional products. We all know logos work because they're on everything from the top of skyscrapers to the bottom of shoes. 
Ever wondered why or how to best use your logo to grow your business? Let us show you today for free. We're 4imprint, promotional product experts at your service. We're giving away the latest issue of Amplify, the digital magazine that reveals promotional product success stories absolutely free to everyone who texts BAG11 to 88988. At 4imprint, we make your logo look perfect on thousands of promotional items. With our 100% guarantee, it'll be right the first time, on time, every time. Your free e-magazine will reveal invaluable insights that can attract new customers, build your brand, and grow your business. Get the latest issue of Amplify absolutely free by texting BAG11 to 88988. That's BAG11 to 88988. Hi, this is Nick Anderson, General Manager of AM1280 The Patriot. And I'd like to remind you to spend your money wisely and use our loyal marketing partners here at this great station. Many of our clients are local businesses who live, work, and play right here in the Twin Cities, and their success in business is our success. For a list of our loyal marketing partners, go to am1280thepatriot.com or call us at 651-405-8800. We thank you for listening and supporting our partners. Is your water softener slacking off? Are you lugging more bags of salt, yet your water just doesn't feel soft? Call Benjamin Franklin Plumbing now for a water softener efficiency checkup. For just $33, Benjamin Franklin will give you peace of mind to make sure it's performing correctly. If it's beyond repair, you'll save $200 on Benjamin Franklin's installation of a new water softener. Call Benjamin Franklin Plumbing today. Ben Franklin, the punctual plumber and your water softener experts. Welcome back. Bob Davis for Mitch Berg today. So, yeah, we're talking about a little bit about media and about how we hear information. Why is it a good time to talk about this? Because we're going to be heading into this hurricane of, uh, of information being spread about on uh, what we're supposed to think and why we're supposed to think it and how we're supposed to think. And uh, a, a hurricane of advocacy and, and uh, partisanship. And I don't necessarily have a problem with partisanship, but what we have is a situation where we, you know, our information is essentially siloed. You know, businesses will tell you that the worst thing that can happen in a business is for siloing to occur, where you know everything is is funneled down to a certain idea in one group, and another group has a different idea, and there's no communication between those groups. And this is, by the way. Not an exclusive criticism of, you know, one or the other side of the so-called political spectrum, which doesn't apply. So we're at a turning point in history in this country and in the world that a lot of things are happening below the surface that people just don't see, that are having huge effects, really multiplied, big multiplier effects on populations as a whole. And the, the context of the world that we used to live in, so we live in the past. You know, truthfully, we live in the past. We're looking at buildings built in the past. We're looking at cars built in the past. We're uh, experiencing a world that was built a long time ago. As we build a new world, we're still living in the past, even though people think we're living in the present. You know, we're, we're all of the all of the landmarks and things around us are things from the past. And how how do you know this? You go back to your hometown, uh, or you go back to your old neighborhood, and the place that used to be across the street is gone, but it happens really slow. So when you go back and you're 27, it's kind of the way it was when you're 17. But when you go back and you're 67, 
It's not the way it was when you're 17. So we're building a new world very slowly. And uh, in the process of this new world being built uh, right now, there are things going on below the surface because most of it is software that uh, that uh, people don't understand these vast multiplier effects. One, of course, is that within 20 years, almost everything made in manufacturing will be made by machines. So when we go around and we say, we're going to create this many jobs or we're going to, we're going to save manufacturing or we're going to save a plant somewhere. What used to take 7,000 guys three shifts a day at the Gary U.S. Steelworks in Indiana, right over there on the south side of Chicago, takes 400 guys because we're using machinery. Even when they drill for oil, they're using machinery and they're using software to run the machinery. If you go to a manufacturing plant, you're going to see a lot of machines that are controlled by software. That process continues and updates continue. And those updates are having huge effects. So if machines are going to build everything eventually, then what does that mean when we try to quote unquote stimulate a particular sector of the economy? What, what are we actually stimulating? What's value added? So if we only see and hear what we want, if we only hear the people that tell us that we're going to hell in a handbasket because these people are in charge or vice versa, that's why the political spectrum makes no sense anymore. When somebody says they're a conservative, what does that mean? Because it means nothing to me. When somebody says they're a liberal, what does it mean? Because it means it doesn't – I don't know what that is. And therefore, the entire political spectrum that we have been working with for the past 60 years, 50 years – uh, or if you want, since Reagan, is meaningless. And consequently, the political parties are no longer serving the American people. They're, they no longer serve any purpose other than to uh, continue to stay viable themselves. And, and they are increasingly populist. In other words, they incre- increasingly try to activate populations of potential voters by giving those people what they want without anybody ever considering the organic economy or the organic system or the organic country that we call the United States of America. Everybody just wants what they want, and they're angry. So you've got all these people who have been activated emotionally, and you have increasingly different constituencies living right next to each other, and you also have increasingly different constituencies who move with their friends. So uh, birds of, of the same feather flock together, and that continues to accentuate the differences geographically. There's no agreement on uh, context or the words that are used to have a conversation anymore. So this concept of working together is impossible. If you read any books about history where a population has been uh, significantly challenged, and of course, in the last 100 years for the United States, that's World War II, probably the most significant thing Maybe the most significant thing that happened in the 20th century, to be quite honest with you, and maybe in two centuries, they could not possibly have succeeded. And if you read any books, I don't care what it is. I I just finished basically a unit history of the 8th Air Force uh, in the South Pacific. They couldn't possibly have done anything if they hadn't worked together. They had to figure out how to work together. And, you know, nobody wants to work with somebody else. They would rather just do it themselves. But they couldn't accomplish all the things that needed to be accomplished without working together. We are not working as a team in the United States anymore. It's team A or team B, and that's not working together. And honestly, 
I don't know how it's going to get fixed. Because the, the nomenclature and the lexicon has reached the point where one side has one and the other side has the other, and neither side is relevant at all. And this is why Twitter and Facebook are sewers. This is why I don't take calls on talk radio because it's just Facebook. This is why content creators have to look for outcomes before they start saying and predicting the future. This is why you say, let's just wait for the GDP numbers to come out if we're going to talk about the economy. They'll be out at some point here in the fall and we'll know how the third quarter was. And then we'll have a conversation about the third quarter. Instead, what we have is people on television telling everybody what the third quarter is going to be before we even have it. So we don't know. And we can't predict. Or, as a good, really lurid example, what's going to happen with the hurricane? You know, it's every one of these hurricanes every year. And I'm just using, I'm, I'm harping on this because it's a great example. Is the worst hurricane ever. And then you get all these shards. Well, it's the worst hurricane ever. And they're getting worse every year, Larry. And it's because of dot, dot, dot. They don't know why. Hurricanes, almost impossible to explain or predict what they're going to do or how they are created. And so the hurricane's a good example because you can extend that to everything else. So you have this very sensitive electronic media that isn't uh, isn't able to take a long view and, and try to explain to anyone what the details are. So you have to go to podcasting honestly, to listen to the Think Tank podcast or to listen to people who have a little bit more time to think about it because the way that you get ratings is you throw a fit. And you have to convince people that what you're talking about today is the worst thing that could ever happen. This situation over here is the worst thing that ever happened. And the best thing anybody can do, and I did this just because I had the time to do it, is to go to these stories and find out what's actually going on at that thing that's occupying everybody's attention. And when you do, as I did when I covered the caucuses in Iowa, I talk about it all the time in the podcast, try not to talk about it anymore because I've talked about it too much. It, it shocked me because you have more people from media there than you have actual people from Iowa who are going to participate in the caucuses. You know, and Then you go out to a caucus in Jefferson, Iowa, and it's 100 guys, and they're all farmers. And they weren't in Davenport for the whoever announcement. So you need to go to the, these events. And when people do go to these events, they never talk about how insane it is and how many reporters are, you know, back on the and, 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 and how these politicians fall all over themselves to get to those cameras. And not just the guys running for president, but the the, the local legislators. Just, you know, literally hungry to get on television. And I just think that's sad. And that's what's going on. And it, you know, it it doesn't matter if you're the president or if you're a state legislator. It's all about Twitter. And guess what? The media does. So we don't have reporters at newspapers anymore. We don't have reporters at uh, CBS News in New York that are sent out to find a story and report on it and talk to four or five different sources. Occasionally, there's a paper that does that. Nobody reads the newspaper anyway, right? We have people that sit and watch Twitter. And when somebody says something on Twitter, they write a story about it. 
And, you know, as you know, if you have any knowledge of Twitter at all, uh, it's 100 characters or slightly more or slightly less. So basically it, 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 uh, it ends up being nothing but insults. It's just insults, you know. I, I, it, and that's why it's a sewer or a, a, uh, a cesspool. I often laugh about it and call the Twitter the cesspool. And people say, well, you're on Twitter just to post my podcast links. That's it. I don't engage, don't want to engage, not interested. Same with Facebook. I, I delete comments. I've actually considered taking comments off, you know, d- disabling comments on my own page because the comments are just silly. Um, and this is where we are in this country. This is our discourse. This is how we think. We We are not cooperating. We are not operating as a team. It doesn't matter who gets elected president. It doesn't matter who the congressman is. It doesn't matter which political party is in charge because nobody is working as a team. So when we talk about patriotism and we talk about loving the country, what are we trying to accomplish? What are the plans? What what are the plans for the future? How are we going to incorporate robotics and artificial intelligence? How are we going to incorporate uh you name it. There's a million different things. What are the foreign policy challenges? And I'm not talking about trade. What are the details on foreign policy challenges or uh, challenges like the borders? How do we solve this problem? Because you can't solve the border problem with Twitter. You can't solve the border problem on Facebook. You can't solve a problem by asking a bunch of people that don't know anything about it to tell you what they think should be done. Because all they're going to do is repeat what they heard on you know, some show on CNN most of the time doesn't mean anything. So this is the this is where I'm at with politics in this country today. Bob Davis for Mitch Berg this afternoon. Hush not Just move on up toward your destination. Though you may find from time to time complication. AM twelve eighty, the Patriot. Guys, waking up over and over to urinate is not okay. But now, you can reduce those nighttime bathroom trips with the ingredients in Super Beta Prostate P3 Advanced. We're talking about less urges to urinate at night, less bathroom trips during the day, and better bladder emptying. It's like taking three prostate supplements in one. You can try a full 30-day bottle of P3 Advanced, free. Just pay shipping and handling. No strings attached, no obligations, and no commitments to buy. This is a 30-day supply, absolutely free. Call 1-800-424-7126. Super Beta Prostate is the best-selling brand in major retailers like Walmart. But for this no-strings-attached free bottle, you must call now. Call 1-800-424-7126. Don't miss out on this unprecedented free offer. 1-800-424-7126. 1-800-424-7126. 1-800-424-7126.
Once upon a time, many years ago, customers would find your business with this big, thick book full of phone numbers and competitors' phone numbers. It was a heavy, cumbersome, yellowish-looking thing. I believe they called it a phone book. You'd place your ad in the book and hope customers would call. Hello? We've come a long way. Now, there's Salem Surround. We help deliver customers right to your front door with targeted digital marketing. These are the tools of the 21st century smart businesses use to succeed. And our team at Salem Surround can guide you through all the available options with the expertise to manage all your digital marketing under one roof so you can spend time taking care of your customers. Get started with a free evaluation of your digital presence and some great ideas to increase your online visibility and revenue. With Salem Surround, there are no limitations on how and where you can reach customers. Customers. Total market penetration for increased ROI. Learn more at surroundmsp.com. Surroundmsp.com. Connecting you with new customers. If you're drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take advantage of special IRS tax programs that are available and free yourself from IRS collection efforts once and for all. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing throughout the country, the Internal Revenue Service has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call the Community Tax Helpline at 800-500-5588. If you you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back, or even if you have years of unfiled tax returns, there's no need to fear anymore. But you have to call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-500-5588 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your Social Security check. Call 800-500-5588 for your free consultation and to see if you qualify. That's 800-500-5588. Welcome back. Did you hear me saying that? All right. Bob Davis for uh, Mitchburg today on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Just, uh, it's so interesting to me, the the whole, you know, media ecosphere and what's going on. So I don't want to, I don't want to spend the whole show talking about it. I just think it's fascinating that, you know, this is what we're in and, and, uh, the predictions of everything that's going to happen. And then we don't ever check back to find out if those predictions were true because we have advocates doing this. And uh, people say, well, where do, where do you go to find the information? And, you know, that's this question that, that all of the content creators have, the the real journalists and uh, real on-air hosts and so forth have to work at not opinionating on particular issues and saying what people should do or not do. Because what I've learned in years and years of doing this is the things that you advocate for, it doesn't play out the way you think it's going to play out when you're advocating. When you say we should do this, that, or the other thing, it doesn't play out that way. So what you're left with is you've advocated for a position or you've advocated for an outcome that may not just be a, a positive thing. And to me, I look at it and I, I see it devolving to, again, this populism, this form of populism 
which is present on both sides of the political spectrum, at least in terms of the two biggest political parties, where you're trying to advocate um, groups of people. So populism is supposedly for um, developed as a response to the Eastern banking interests back at the end of the uh, 19th century uh, to help uh, Midwestern farmers and you know Mid South farmers who had different banking needs and different needs in terms of uh, their businesses as farmers, and this was the the whole thing about uh, advocating getting off the gold standard. And uh, so it's interesting because it probably wasn't necessarily the best policy. See, I look at making policy for specific groups of people is very dangerous because, again, you're not considering the whole country organically. You're not saying, what's the best thing for the country? Democrats aren't saying what's the best thing for the country. They're saying, what's the best thing for our constituencies? And how can we get more people into our constituencies? Republicans seem to be occupied with telling everyone that the Democrat constituencies are wrong and the people who are on the Democrat side are wrong about everything and they're not Americans. And that's where we're at in terms of the of the political discourse. We've got uh, people yelling at each other across a divide and trying to activate different groups of people. And the policies you end up with, they're not very good policies. So Republicans historically have been free traders, not taking any calls. Republicans historically have been free traders. And uh, now suddenly Republicans are... Uh, trade protectionist. And, you know, what's going to happen is probably, and I, I'm sorry, I'm going to predict the future here, but generally what happens with trade protection is that it increases prices for things. So Sunday, according to the latest reports, uh, a large number of um, tariffs are going to go into effect and they're going to affect consumers. We just heard a commercial just moments ago about Consumers being in trouble with the IRS and consumers being hard-pressed. I thought the economy was booming. So is is our tariffs the right way to go and why? I think there's a lot of people that are of a certain age who think that the job that they had in 1963 is going to be boxed up and uh, somehow – by some miracle, a UPS truck is going to pull up in front of your house and it's going to have a box in it and your old job's going to be in there. That China's going to box up all those jobs and send them back to the United States. And I'm sorry, that's cynical, but uh, that's not what's going to happen. So if you try to get those, those jobs are never coming back. In fact, as China's uh, population ages, they are going to end up being the largest uh, purchasers of robotics because they're going to be the ones that have to make the shift to robotics long before we do because the United States doesn't have a rapidly aging population. We do have a rapidly aging population, but we are replacing it at a higher rate than they are. So they're going to have that. They're going to probably end up having that that kind of a problem before we do. So is trade protection the right thing? Why? People don't think about that. They think he's, you know, Trump is protecting our jobs. How? And and if you if you, if you're going to pay twenty seven dollars for a toaster instead of fourteen, is that okay? If you're gonna if if you're if you have a company and you make things in China, 
and you now have to sell those things for $10 or $16 more expensive, you know, you charge more to sell the same number of units because you're paying more to, you have to pay the tariff. Is that a good thing? So those are all questions that generally don't get considered when it comes to the people screaming and yelling and pounding about what should be done and why. And uh, we've got to do something about China. I could do four hours about China. There's not enough time to actually break that issue down and talk about it intelligently. You know, I could say, you know, oh, the China, they're the biggest problem in the world. I, is that true? I could try to convince people that we, this is the right thing to do. We've got to do it in in six minutes. But that's this is a very complex issue that takes a long time to figure out. People don't like hearing that. They want an easy answer. And most of the time that has to do with a politician or someone working for a politician or someone working for a politician uh, telling them what they want to hear. Is that what you really want? Yes, honey. If you put a tooth under the pillow, there's a thing called a tooth fairy and they will come and give you money. (laughs) All right. This is Bob Davis for Mitchburg on the Northern Alliance Radio Network here at the Patriot in Minneapolis and St. Paul. Back next hour. Let's find out about the hurricane. Hi, this is Al Momberg. This Sunday on the World of Aviation, Walt Fricke, the founder of the Veterans Airlift Command, will join us. This organization has flown more than 15,000 veterans at no cost to them to whatever medical facility they needed to go. Many of these veterans have served multiple combat tours. Join us this Sunday morning following the top of the hour news at 10.05, right here on AM 1280, The Patriot, as Walt tells us the story behind this incredible organization, the Veterans Airlift Command. Where do you go for the latest news and insight into what's happening in Minnesota policy and politics? Americans for Prosperity Radio. Join host Jason Flores for conversation about the issues that matter most and to get the knowledge you need to make a difference. From City Hall to the State Capitol to the Halls of Congress, we're pulling back the curtain and giving you an inside perspective on the economy, health care, education, and more. Americans for Prosperity, Saturdays at 4 p.m. on AM 1280, The Patriot. Experience the passion and charisma of commentator Michelle Malkin as she follows the money and uncovers the special interest groups that are profiting from our border crisis. September 24th, The Patriot presents An Evening with Michelle Malkin at the Ames Center. Tickets start as low as $12.80, but if you get yours today, there are a limited number of VIP upgrades available. Details at am1280thepatriot.com. Ready for yoga class? Ugh, I'm dragging today. I just haven't been eating great lately. You should try a GNC multivitamin. Aren't those expensive? No, they're only $9.99. GNC One Daily Maltese are scientifically formulated and quality checked. It's why they're the most trusted nutritional supplement brand in the world. And only $9.99? Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. With wellness that affordable, I could spend more money on yoga pants. Stop into GNC or visit gnc.com slash maltese to get the highest quality wellness essentials like Women's Ultra Mega or Mega Man One Daily Multivitamins for only $9.99.
remember when we found out we were expecting you and we were so surprised. You were? Yep, but then we heard your heartbeat and knew you were going to change our lives. What happened after that? Well, you grew and grew in my tummy. You started kicking, sucking your thumb, and even making a fist. No wonder I was a surprise. Hello, my name is Marianne Koharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives or assistance or would like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please call 1-800-366-7773 or visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Or better yet, simply dial pound 250 on your cell phone and say the keyword pro-life. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. AM 1280, the page. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.